Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. You are entering the news vault from KCBS Radio. Flames and the smoke. I have a tape recorder here in my hand. Now, nobody would think of doing that. The newsmen were blocking the door. It worked for a couple of seconds. Bringing the sounds of history back to life. Here is your host, Stan Bunger. This time around, we dip back into the 1980s and hear the voice of a man who was on KCBS for many, many years. In fact, Frank Knight was one of the KCBS announcers whose time at the station predated the switch to the all-news format in 1968. In 1984, we pick up a compilation of the top stories that aired on the station during a given week, an episode of The Week That Was. It aired on weekends on KCBS. I can well remember watching Frank produce this each week. He would simply hang on to the tape cartridges. Each story was recorded onto what we called a cart. These were plastic-shelled audio tape containers that were played on cart machines in the on-air studios. And at the end of each day, Frank would simply go through the rack and pull out a whole bunch of these carts and pile up a big stack of them and then by the end of the week produce the weekly the week that was featured this particular example comes from the last week of november 1984 as you'll hear it's broken out by days of the work week i should give credit here to audio preservation expert andrew welburn who digitized this particular file from the original seven inch reel of audio tape and noted many splices in this tape catches as it goes through bad tape used. In other words, as this reel of tape was played through the playback deck, it would often catch uh, on the way through because of bad splices. He points out that the poor audio quality that may have uh, followed some of those bad splices is embedded in the final digitized file. Uh, One reason that these tapes were used this way was uh, a reel of tape, when it would arrive at a radio station back in the day, would often live a very long life. It might be spliced a number of times. It might be used over and over again, erased and re-recorded until it practically fell apart. And this may have been one of those episodes. Uh, We do thank, by the way, the California Historical Radio Society and Bay Area Radio Museum for their efforts in preserving this example and many, many, many other examples of historic radio. There had been rumors of these kinds of plans for well over a week, but on Monday, striking San Francisco restaurant workers, disgruntled with lack of movement on their contract, asked the Central Labor Council to support a general strike throughout the city. The council agreed to consider the idea of a general strike, something which hadn't taken place in San Francisco for 50 years. 
The council's executive director, Jack Crowley, told News 74's Bob Safford... Oh, very definitely is a serious matter. It's going to uh, call for a great deal of planning and a great deal of, uh, of actual strategy in order to um, accomplish the ends that Local 2 wants to accomplish. And while the leaflets being passed out by the restaurant workers called for a one-day strike, Crowley said this about that. We're not talking one-day general strike. All right. what are you talking about? What's the sense of going on a one-day general strike? The Labor Council secretary also told us amnesty is not the single issue as we had been led to believe. He said there are a number of issues as most of the items tentatively agreed upon were what he called takeaways or concessions to the owners. A general strike would involve not only trade unions but the Teamsters and the ILWU. All the labor councils in Northern California were scheduled to huddle to map their strategy. During Monday, charges reduced against six people arrested the previous day outside a Sikh temple in Fremont. The incident started when about 30 Sikhs opposed to a separatist state were passing out leaflets at the temple. Two gunshots were fired into the crowd. Fortunately, no one was hurt. Those six arrested were charged originally with attempted murder, assault, and conspiracy to commit a felony. But police officer Dan Pasquale says the six were now charged with lesser offenses. The district attorney is charging one of the subjects, Mr. Ranu, with assault with a deadly weapon, the rifle. The other five subjects arrested are all being charged on felony weapons violations. An announcement came Monday that nearly 60% of the more than 7,000 students who took it failed the California State Bar this year. Well, that was a 7% increase over the failure rate in the test last year. For those who did pass, including Bill Hasler, who spoke with Mike Sugarman, there will be four more months of waiting. It's a no-win proposition, really. If I fail, I'm the biggest jerk in the world. If I pass, oh, everybody else passed. Well, maybe if you went to one of the state's better law schools, Hastings, like he did. But for the 6 and 10 who have to take it again, two more solid months of study, another delay in finding work. And even for those who did pass, finding work may be difficult. California already leads the nation in the number of attorneys, 95,000 in the state now. In San Francisco, for every 60 people you'll meet, you'll find at least one lawyer, and that is also among the highest percentages in the nation. By Monday night, an air search in rugged terrain near Santa Barbara had failed to uncover the whereabouts of a twin-engine private plane with four San Jose people aboard, including pilot Jared Daystrip, a contractor, his wife, son, and a young family friend. KCBS News 74 South Bay Bureau Chief Bill Polish. Pilots searched the area during the weekend. They found lots of debris, but most of it had been traced to plane crashes that were several years old. A helicopter from Vandenberg Air Force Base carried searches to a remote canyon about 10 miles east of Santa Barbara. The Reverend Amos Brown, chairman of the Civil Rights Commission of the National Baptist Convention and a local minister, was calling Monday for more relief for Africa than that offered by private charities. A consortium of Bay Area clergy asked President Reagan to take a second look at the administration's foreign policy priorities. It's our contention that the President of the United States should appoint a task force of leaders to go to Africa immediately and assess the situation and come back with a comprehensive plan that will address the developmental needs of Africa. Ethiopia is just one of the countries. Negotiations continued Monday in a hijacking episode at Ethiopia's capital airport. The hijackers' fifth deadline had slipped by without incident. Five gunmen were threatening to blow up a Somali Airlines jet with 108 people on board unless the Somali government freed 21 political prisoners. In New Delhi, an assailant shot and killed British Deputy High Commissioner P.L. Norris. The unidentified attacker fired two rounds at the 56-year-old British official as he was traveling from his home to his office in the port city of Bombay. 
In sports, in a game heard on KCBS, the passing of Miami's Dan Marino knocked the New York Jets right out of playoff contention as the Dolphins forged a 28-17 win. Finally, the results of a survey that ranks San Francisco as the nation's third most desirable city in which to live were drawing comment from the mayor's office. Diane Feinstein said the Democratic National Convention in July did a lot to boost the city by the bay, and there was another event coming up early next year that would do even more so. When the Super Bowl comes here in January, that that will once again reinstitute the preeminence of San Francisco. And that's what KCBS was reporting on Monday, November 26, 1984. Frank Knight, KCBS News 74. Topping KCBS News on Tuesday was a blizzard which packed winds up to 90 miles per hour. It left more than 16 inches of snow, knocked out power to thousands of homes, and closed interstate highways in Northern California. In San Francisco, high-rises swayed, and winds measuring 60 miles per hour slammed into International Airport. During the day, 20,000-plus people were without power in the North State. Also during the day, a 482-foot cargo ship of Indian Registry was slowly heading toward Cape Mendocino while taking on water through a leak in its bow. The Coast Guard said the crew was able to pump out nine of the 13 meters of water that had collected in the hold of the ship, which was loaded with fertilizer. The crew was not in any danger. By Tuesday night, the Red Cross had moved 180 people into emergency shelters after they were left homeless when a fire ravaged their San Francisco apartment building, the Miramar Hotel at Franklin and Market, during the afternoon. One of those residents driven out by the flames was Anna Carances. She had lived at the Miramar for 12 years. I don't know what I'm going to do now. I, if the Red Cross can't find a place for me to live, well, I'll have to be a bag lady, <laughs> be outdoors in the fresh air. Sour notes were heard Tuesday from the San Francisco Symphony. Members of the orchestra called a work stoppage, causing cancellation of two events which had been scheduled for the following day. Symphony spokesman David Landis. The symphony's three-year contract with the 105 musicians of the orchestra expired on Saturday, November 24th at midnight. Negotiations are continuing between the musicians, represented by local number six of the American Federation of Musicians and the San Francisco Symphony. An agreement exists between both parties not to discuss the negotiations while they continue. In other local employment problems, Bay Area labor leaders were promising their support to striking San Francisco restaurant workers. For financial support for local two, for Ticket support, that is, unions providing additional uh, tickets, and uh, staff support has been volunteered also to assist the local too. Jack Henning, head of the San Francisco Labor Federation. Lawmakers on Capitol Hill were cautiously promising a sweeping tax reform package unveiled Tuesday by Treasury Secretary Regan. The plan would reduce the current 14 tax brackets to three, would cut the average taxpayer's tax bill by about 8.5%. In Ethiopia, a lengthy hijacking ended early Tuesday when five gunmen on a Somali Airlines jetliner surrendered, freeing 103 hostages. On the local crime scene, the Alameda County District Attorney decided Tuesday against prosecuting the brother of baseball star Joe Morgan on a charge of assault on an Oakland police officer. Black-on-black -black crime was the focus of a community crime prevention forum in Oakland. KCBS East Bay Bureau Chief Jerry Wilcox covered the session. There is crime in the black community because black people permit it. That was the message from Dr. Gary Mendez of the National Urban League. Give you another example. Man comes down the street, do fur coats on his arm, and asks you, do you want to buy a coat? And you don't jump away from him and say, where'd you get that coat? I know you stole it. You say, how much you want? That's the first.
first response. How much you want? Our culture and heritage are not one of crime, said Mendez, and we have to remember who we are and tell our children that we will not tolerate criminal activity. On Tuesday, San Francisco was once again remembering one of the most horrendous crimes in the city's history. Remember this key CBS City Hall broadcast from Barbara Taylor. We have just gotten confirmation that both Mayor Moscone and Supervisor Harvey Milk have been shot and killed. The suspect, according to the police chief, is former Supervisor Dan White. And on Tuesday night, there was KCBS News 74's Bob Safford reporting on candle-carrying singing marchers at Civic Center. The woman's voice leading the singers was that of Supervisor Carol Ruth Silver. I think it's been peaceful, sad, a little bit uh, less uh, well-attended because of the rain. I think all of the people here are see themselves as representative of all San Franciscans. It's to remember some terrible, terrible things that happened not quite seven years ago. In KCBS Sports on Tuesday night... Denver Nuggets won their ninth straight game. They beat the Clippers 139-110. to Phoenix over Utah 115-102. to And Seattle beat Kansas City 100-94. to And that's what KCBS was reporting on for Tuesday, November 27th, 1984. Frank Knight, KCBS News 74. A long-simmering dispute was at least partially solved on Wednesday when a Superior Court judge ruled that San Francisco's gay bathhouses could reopen, but only under certain conditions. Judge Roy Wonder's decision affected 14 bathhouses that were targeted by the Health Department. It was a move aimed at stemming the spread of acquired immune deficiency syndrome, AIDS. Ending a temporary restraining order, the judge ruled the bathhouses, private clubs, and bookstores could reopen, but only in the event employees patrolled the premises every ten minutes and eject patrons engaging in unsafe sex. Attorney Duke Armstrong, representing some of the defendants, described the ruling as a partial victory for the city's gay community, but something which might be difficult to enforce. It will put my clients in the position of policing the premises and controlling conduct. We are going to have to see exactly how effective we will be able to handle that. City Attorney George Agnost conceded the enforcement procedures needed some clarification in order to become effective. More pressure during the day by the Central Labor Council in an effort to bring an end to the by then 89-day-old strike by San Francisco restaurant workers. The council voted unanimously to support a general strike throughout the city as a last-ditch effort at resolving a pair of pivotal issues. New 74's Mike Sugarman. Negotiations continue between restaurant owners and union leaders over amnesty for those who went on strike. It was hoped by the Labor Council members that they could hold a meeting with Mayor Feinstein the following day. Still up in the air by day's end was the issue of longshoremen refusing to unload South African cargo in San Francisco, and if their decision would affect their guaranteed pay, or if it would be cut off to all of Local 10's longshoremen. An arbitration session between Local 10 of the Pacific Maritime Association was fruitless, and Local 10 declared it would be staging another demonstration the following Saturday at Pier 80. In another local labor dispute, striking burned security guards were out picketing. Union Secretary Bruce Burtz told News 74's Dory Culver the strike was selective, but he said barring a contract settlement soon, 
1,400 Bay Area security guards would be striking airports, department stores, and Pacific Bell. Our backs against the wall, we'd say that this is a union-busting attempt. Burt says the major issues in the strike are a wage freeze and a reduction of company benefits. That's what was offered in the last contract, which the union rejected by over 73%. The ship called EPA is righted, so said William Ruckelshaus, who announced his resignation Wednesday as head of the Environmental Protection Agency, effective the first of the year. Here in San Francisco, KCBS News 74, Sylvester Jackson got local reaction. Judith Kanowski, the National Conservation Representative for the Sierra Club, seemed a bit surprised at Ruckelshaus's feeling of accomplishment. It's clear that he didn't accomplish what he set out to do. For example, he did propose to the administration that they establish a program to control some of the pollutants that cause acid rain, and that was rejected by the administration. So at least in that one area, which was the one that President Reagan had told him was his highest priority, he did not accomplish what he wanted to do. When Press Kanowski explained what she felt the outgoing EPA chief's most significant accomplishments were. reported somewhat of an increase in the agency's budget, and I think that the main accomplishment he did was to get the morale of the staff back. In the South Bay, down the drain, were plans for a $6 million park in East San Jose. Original plans were certainly impressive, turning the 200-acre Cunningham Park into an aquatic theme park. Councilwoman Pat Sozato talked with KCBS South Bay Bureau Chief Bill Polish. It's going to be a family outdoor recreational facility. It was to have wave pools, toddler pools, water slides, uh, man-made beach that you could spend the day. The children could have been in an area where they would be safe and they would be observed. Your teenagers in the San Jose community would actually have a beach-type facility without having to drive long distances to be around water. But Sosedo says the project's developers kept asking for more and more time to get financing lined up. Groundbreaking kept being delayed. Well, now the council's decided to start from scratch. They'll try now to find someone else to build that park. Broadcasting lost one of its outstanding personalities during the week. There came word of the death by heart attack of former San Francisco disc jockey Jack Carney. KCBS reporter Betsy Rosenberg remembered those KSFO man-on-the-street routines between Carney and Don Sherwood. And this is your KSFO man-on-the-street talking to interesting people with interesting occupations. Your name, sir? Madison J. Uh, sweatbox. <laughs> KSFO disc jockey Carter B. Smith worked with Carney. He remembered Carney as someone who was very involved with his work and his community. He worked from an emotional level. He dealt with what people felt. He was an excellent news person. He could tell that people were interested in certain events. He was very involved with the city, really plugged into such things as St. Anthony's Kitchen. He was involved in the community fundraising events. 52-year-old Carney collapsed in St. Louis after taking a class in scuba diving. And that's what KCBS was reporting on Wednesday, November 28, 1984. Frank Knight, KCBS News 74. Capping a five-hour meeting on Thursday, San Francisco's downtown plan got the blessing from the city's planning commission. It's said to contain the most stringent controls on urban growth in the country. The plan is designed to control future growth in San Francisco's downtown area, moving development to the south of market area and keeping it away from neighborhoods. News 74's Barry Simmons. City planning director Dean Macris says the blueprint is designed to deal with a city core that grew like topsy beyond expectation. He outlined basic civic objectives. Foster a vital economy, and that means creating a plan that enables enough development and job opportunities for residents, 
and ensuring San Francisco's role as an international leader in commerce and services. Macra said the plan will discourage high-rise office sprawl into Chinatown, the Tenderloin, and North Beach neighborhoods. Next step, a review by the Board of Supervisors. In Contra Costa County, KCBS Bureau Chief Diane Callis reported on Thursday that Walnut Creek's ongoing battle over height limitations and zoning restrictions appeared headed for the courts. Residents concerned about the way their city is rapidly turning into a bustling urban area collected enough signatures to force a special election on a building height freeze and a zoning rights initiative. Now the city may ask the courts to declare the measures unconstitutional. The death of famed San Francisco chef Masataki Kabayoshi was now officially stamped homicide, agreement coming from both police and the coroner's office. The chef's body had been found November 13th in his blood-spattered apartment on Pine Street. Because of decomposition of the remains, authorities were at first confused. Finally, agreement. The chef succumbing from multiple traumatic injuries at the hands of another. Homicide Inspector Frank Falzone. The San Francisco Police Department has actively been investigating this case as a homicide from its initiation when the body was found. News 74's Bob Melrose. Police aren't saying what the motive is or if they have any suspects in mind. Mayor Feinstein got back into the San Francisco restaurant strike on Thursday, the day after organized labor had threatened a general strike if the dispute wasn't ended soon. Negotiators entered an 18-hour session early Thursday morning with some movement reported. The mayor held meetings of her own with eight labor chiefs and made plans to hold another session with representatives of the struck restaurants. I'm going to talk with them and hear their point of view. It's not a very wise thing to, to say I'm going to put pressure on anybody. After talking with mediator Sam Cagle, she's optimistic the strike can be settled by next week. Asked if the threat of a general strike had any effect on those negotiations, she said only... You'll have to draw your own conclusion. Mike Sugarman. On Thursday, unanswered questions concerning enforcement of the conditions attached to a judge's order that San Francisco's gay bathhouses be reopened. The rule? Establishments would have to provide employees to monitor activities every 10 minutes and boot out patrons engaging in high-risk sex. City Attorney Agnost complained that the order creates enforcement problems. There's a great deal of ambiguity as to whether or not you eject him five days later, or whether you eject him promptly, and if so, if you don't eject him, eject him, do we then give him a notice and have to establish who should have been ejected and what? <coughs> and give them five days to do it. Theoretically, if the violation is not corrected, the city could go to court and seek contempt action, a process that has been known in some cases to drag on for years while the defendant is free to continue violating the law. Meanwhile, some bathhouse owners have already begun to voice their objections to the court's ruling, saying they do not want their employees playing the role of sex police. The only thing that does seem certain for now is that both sides want to return to court quickly and find out more specifically what Judge Wonder intended when he issued his order that allowed bathhouses to reopen. President Reagan decided during the day to seek a 1986 budget that would hold government spending to 1985 levels. Correspondent Vicki Barker. It amounts to an across-the-board spending cut. An administration official says President Reagan has decided to freeze total government spending during the next fiscal year at current levels. The sources told UPI that Mr. Reagan reached that decision at his latest meeting with top financial advisors. At that meeting, the president also tentatively approved a wide variety of budget cuts to help put a dent in the massive federal deficit. In sports Thursday night, the Washington Redskins took over first place in the NFC Eastern Division by whipping Minnesota. And in the NBA, Sports Radio's Ted Robinson was there when... The Warriors won their second straight game, beating Kansas City 110-107 at the Coliseum Arena. The Warriors started sluggishly, seemingly a bit of a letdown from the Chicago game Tuesday. They were down nine points at halftime. 
and down 10 early in the third quarter. But in that third quarter, the Warriors put together a strong surge, scoring 38 points in the quarter to go up 10 points at one time. And that's what KCBS was reporting on Thursday, November 29, 1984. Frank Knight, KCBS News 74. San Francisco longshoremen who've refused to unload South African cargo from a freighter at Pier 80 cannot force the Pacific Maritime Association to pay them. That decision came from an arbitrator on Friday. A response to the ruling? Not a surprise. Not a surprise. The reaction of Leo Robinson, spokesman for Local 10 of the ILWU. News 74's Barry Simmons. The arbitrator ruled Friday that all members of the Longshoremen's Union should have their guaranteed weekly pay withheld because of the refusal of some workers to unload cargo from South Africa. Robinson explains the issue. It was only the question of whether or not men who did not participate in the actual refusal to work should be denied their pay, not as to whether or not we had the right based on our moral convictions. Workers refused to unload the products from South Africa because of that country's policy of apartheid. Local 10 plans to appeal the decision, and Pacific Maritime spokesman Chuck Wallace says the company will go into federal court next week to file litigation against the union. With negotiations at a critical point by Friday, strikers went through with a promise to step up activities at San Francisco restaurants, including Vanessi's, where News 74's Mike Sugarman checked out all the action. How's your day, not very good. Five of them sat at the counter and held the seats and didn't order anything. They went to the bar, nine of them ordered a glass of water, then the second order, nine glasses of water. So his Vanessi's restaurant was crowded, but he didn't make the money, you might think. He says the men's room toilet was broken and the one in the ladies' room was stuffed up. People on the picket line say it's a shame, but they didn't do it. Several familiar union faces were seen inside Vanessi's, though. Some faces from the police department, too, but there was only one citation issued to a picket for attempting to start a fight. By Friday night, owners of gay bathhouses in the city were holding a strategy session in the wake of a judge's ruling that the establishments could be reopened, but only on the condition that monitors check every ten minutes and eject patrons taking part in unsafe sexual activities. We don't want sex busters, said the owners. Bob Safford listened to complaints from members of the committee to preserve our sexual and civil liberties, who plan to take their case to the California Supreme Court, possibly this coming week. Bathhouse owner Dale Bentley told reporter Safford that Judge Roy Wonder's order violates state law, protecting activities of consenting adults. That law protects us starting at the front door to the building not just to the door of the cubicle. Judge Wonder's order would allow for the reopening of bathhouses only if they removed the doors of those cubicles within the houses and provided monitors to make sure that no so-called unsafe sex would take place. What happens while these bathhouses wait for their attorneys to take court action? The bathhouses will stay closed. We don't want the investigators coming in again and finding us guilty of something and then closing us up by court order, by taking our license away from us and putting us in a worse legal position than we are in right now. One of the most vociferous critics of the homosexual lifestyle was in San Francisco Friday saying his view of the traditional American family had changed with the times. The Reverend Jerry Falwell told the Commonwealth Club of California he now sees nothing wrong with women working outside the home. My daughter will be in medical school next year studying to be a surgeon. I hope to retire someday and these women take care of me. After a meeting with President Reagan Friday, West German Chancellor Helmut Kohl said in Washington he believed there is a serious chance and serious willingness by the U.S. and the Soviet Union for arms control negotiations. 
A proposal to freeze federal spending was gaining momentum in the Capitol Friday. The chairman of the Senate Budget Committee, chairman of the Tax Writing Committee, and several other prominent GOP lawmakers were just some of those supporting the plan. The president's right-hand man, Jim Baker, also said Mr. Reagan was considering it, too. That's an option that the president uh, is considering, but no decisions have been made, and he's in the process of looking at various options with respect to the budget. Bill Schrader spent 22 minutes Friday with a portable power unit driving his artificial heart. Finally, for the third consecutive year, police officers in Tiburon were honoring those drivers who drove safely in their town. Sergeant Harry Benningson told News 74's Jim Cullen not to be surprised if you're pulled over and that officer gives you a gift certificate instead of a moving violation citation. We issue them a, a good driver citation. It, it actually looks like a traffic citation. However, uh, it's changed somewhat. It says, uh, happy holidays and thanks for your courteous driving in Tiburon. And, and you're entitled to a, and then it has, you know, either a dinner for two or turkey, and they can redeem it at, and it has the name of the business that donated it and where to pick it up. Benningson credits Tiburon's merchants with making the program a huge success. Other Bay Area police departments are following Tiburon's lead. For example, Hercules officers are giving turkeys to non-turkey drivers. And that's what KCBS was reporting on Friday, November 30th, 1984. Frank Knight, CBS News, 74. Remember to follow the News Vault from KCBS Radio on social media. On Facebook, we're at News Vault Podcast. On Twitter, find us at News Vault SF. On Instagram, we're at News Vault. Until our next episode, you are leaving the News Vault from KCBS Radio. in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 